when you're in the arc of a relationship, you can really slow down and take your time. Take time up front. Don't try to solve all the challenges in that first session, second session, third session. When the opportunities present themselves, yeah, of course. But you don't have infinite time either. You're listening to the Building a Coaching Culture podcast. If you need to compete and win in the 21st century labor market as an employer of choice, this podcast is for you. Each week, we share leadership development, coaching, and culture development insights from leading experts who are developing world-class cultures in their own organizations. And now, here's your host, J.R. Flatter. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's Jr. Uh, I'm here with Lucas, my co-host. Hello. Lucas is in a pretty exciting place right now. He's publishing his first book. So uh, maybe we'll have to do it. We should do a podcast on your book. Yeah, I mean, I've been talking a lot about it, like, on my own channel, just how I've done it. So, yeah, I could definitely go into that. Yeah, because it just occurred to me, so I put on my coaching hat for a second, you know. What's the relationship between you're a computer scientist, you're a coach, and you're a cartoonist, and now a published author? That'd be a pretty cool story. All right. So uh, today, I think you and I wanted to focus on the arc of a session and the arc of a coaching relationship. Two really important topics, uh, something that you and I teach all the time, but something we've never talked about on our podcast. So just jump in with both feet. So we've talked about from A to Z, the eight core competencies. The first two are kind of foundational philosophical, and then three through maybe six or seven are the heart and soul, the middle seven and eight sort of start winding down the session. So that's kind of the arc of the, what we mean by the arc of the session. But I wanted to dig into a little bit more. And you know, part of this is stylistic and part of it is method. Part of it, I think, is just a framework or a metaphor that helps you and I teach and also it helps me explain to people I'm coaching what our expectations are in any given session. And then we're going to jump to the arc of the relationship because they're related, but very different. So whenever I think about the arc of a coaching session, first of all, I, I try to bound it. Right? Usually when we do a coaching session in a formal coaching relationship, we'll set aside an hour on our calendar. But something that you and I are very adamant about is not looking at the clock and saying, okay, it's 57 minutes, we have three minutes left, what do you want to do? No, that's not a smart use of time, and it's not a smart coaching practice. But I like to bound. If I have an hour, I tell the leader that I'm working with. If I have a hard stop, I'll tell. Even if I'm in an informal coaching conversation, perhaps I'm using a coaching style of leadership, I'll say, hey, I've got about 15 minutes wanted to put my coaching hat on and, and help you grow your leadership, if you don't mind. So I think in the beginning, just bound it some way. Minutes. And the clock is not our friend. And so we're going to run out of time. And so if we don't bound it in the beginning and then set expectations as we're going through the arc, and then as we know we're getting towards the end of our time together, we got to start closing up or else we're going to leave the leader dangling, leave them hanging. I don't know. When you think about the arc of a session, what comes to mind for you? Well, I was thinking about like different conversation techniques. Like I hear you talk about sometimes like 
the smooth exit to a conversation like, oh, if you need to go talk to someone else or leave the situation, like you need to kind of like deliberately do that. And I think like when you're trying to make that time bound and give yourself that like maybe 10 or 15 minute buffer, you kind of have to nudge things in certain directions. Do you have any advice or techniques for that? You said the magic word advice, right? <laughs> and I'm, I'm not a coach right now, so I can give you advice, at least in this situation. So I'm a very explicit coach and I'm a very explicit instructor. And so I'm going to be very explicit about that. In the very beginning, we were explicit. Here's the time we have available. And as I get towards the middle of the session, I'm going to start talking about that. Hey, time's not our friend this afternoon or this morning. And the competencies actually guide us in, on this in some ways to begin talking about how can you use what you've learned as we leave the session or what new ways might you begin thinking about this challenge as our time draws to an end. So I begin, as you said, nudging them. And then really when the clock is getting down to single minutes, I'm going to start being very explicit about that. Yeah. And, and I'm also going to know, and I just started a new coaching relationship literally an hour ago and had the coaching agreement conversation that we all recommend we have. I talked about this very thing at the end, as the session draws to an end, I'm not going to open Pandora's box with five minutes left. Probably one of the biggest mistakes I see young, new coaches, not young, make is they look at their watch and say, hey, there's five minutes left. Wait, I just dated myself. Nobody would use his watches anymore. They look at their phone and they say, hey, I have five minutes left. And they say, what else do you want to talk about? So I'm going to be very careful as we get down to those single digits of minutes left to start talking about what do you know now you didn't know 50 minutes ago? What have you discovered about yourself? How can you use what you've learned as you leave? What methods of accountability might you have? to ensure that you do make this continued growth. How about you? I mean, you're a coach and I know you have active coaching relationships ongoing. Yeah. So I guess in terms of like trying to get like a smooth landing and, you know, finish the last 15 minutes. Well, I, I would actually um, sometimes kind of like shift to a different, like, okay, after every, coaching session we just talk a little tiny bit about our personal lives and just you know share some back and forth that helped me kind of like keep it to the back because otherwise I, I might like front load it or like we just get off topic and you know not really the coach client relationship off the bat but that that would kind of help me because it's kind of a structured thing we're doing each time let's fit in the accountability and and the kind of recap and, oh, here's the context for my notes, if, in, mm -hmm. if anything. Yeah, I think as I come towards the end of a session, I'm always thinking about methods of accountability, not just me. And, and it's been a busy day. I just finished a uh, mentor coaching session right before you and I got on. And we were talking about this very thing. When we're talking about accountability, it's the best method of accountability, not just us. And also... We don't invite ourselves. We ask for an invitation. Hey, I'm available if you think it would be helpful. Rather than thinking of ourselves as the only method of accountability and only 
and demanding or instilling ourselves into that. Also, as I think of the arc of a session, I'm measuring the energy in the room too. I've come into sessions where I'm in a, a coaching relationship. We know each other well, and there's trust and safety in the room, and there's just zero energy. Their mind is obviously somewhere else, which you know, I, I forgot to talk about, but you know, we always start, we always teach, start with a few minutes of mindfulness to stop doing what we're, do, we're doing and get ready to coach or be coached. And when I'm doing that and noticing, wow, there's just zero energy here today, or their mind is somewhere else. Hey, are you, are you here? Do we need to reschedule? Not in a judgmental way, and hopefully I'm doing it with grace, but that sometimes is the best answer for any particular session. Now, when we're talking about the arc of a relationship, you know, we can talk about what does that mean across sessions. But even within a session, if there is this magnificent discovery, you know, 12 minutes into a 50-minute arc, we're going to celebrate, I hope. You and I teach celebrating, but not affirming celebrate their decision, but not affirm that it was the right or the wrong decision. And it may very well be time to go home, even if it's just you know moments into the session, the middle of the session or towards the end of the session. And if, if the energy suddenly dissipates, right, you started with a good, good, strong energy. And for whatever reason, the person gets distracted or they make a, a, a discovery that saps the energy from the room, might be time to go home then too. Probably the biggest mistake I see new coaches make is they're getting towards the end of the session. There's this magnificent discovery, or it is the last single digits of the session, and they're like, okay, we got five minutes left. Or, hey, wow, congratulations. That's amazing. It seems like really life-changing discovery. What else do you want to talk about? <laughs> and I just cringe if I'm doing a, a, a performance evaluation. I'm like, no, <laughs> just go home. Celebrate and go home. I don't know what you got any stories about that or I mean thoughts? it kind of makes me think of like a narrative arc. Like you have this rising action and then you have a climax and then you kind of have to like resolve everything after that. And like there's always a period after like the big climactic battle where everybody regroups and if that happens at the beginning of the session, then there's nowhere to go from there. There's no runway left. And if it happens at the end, you have to have the time to like, you know, wrap it up. Otherwise it's just, you know, cuts off. So. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing a, a live session in Colorado yesterday and we always do practice coaching in, in the sessions and this person being coached got very emotional, which happens a lot. We see it in training a lot. We see it in real situations a lot. And you just can't leave somebody hanging when that happens. And when we started the session, I said, we got about 15 minutes. And it was like 14 minutes, 15 minutes, 16 minutes, 17 minutes, 18 minutes. And I'm struggling, like, what do I do? I know the arc is over. I know I'm in a real world training environment where I can't, where I need to continue coaching, but I can't. And so the way I dealt with that was promised her future sessions and actually assigned her a coach right there in the classroom. My co-facilitator agreed to continue coaching her. And so we have some flexibility. You know, the clock's not our friend, but even when the clock's not our friend, we have some flexibility. Also, um, with like the coaching arc across sessions, like I think about 
getting more comfortable and having more like you know you're more at ease with each other because you're more familiar with each other but do you see that happening like throughout the arc of a session where maybe people are opening up more near the end of it or yeah great question um and we do talk about and it is one of the competencies you know building trust and safety i'm continually amazed how quickly trust and safety come into the room and Every time I see it, I saw it today, I saw it yesterday, the day before. Whenever I'm wearing my coaching hat or my coach training hat, I see it. And it constantly amazes me how quickly that happens. And that's the, in a session and oftentimes in the first session. As a coach, you better be ready to catch that because that trust has been given to you and the leader who gave it to you expects you to catch it and they expect you to do something with it, something coach-like. But you can get out ahead of yourself. And so it's something that we constantly measure. When I'm pausing, one of the things you and I teach is to be silent. One of the competencies actually tells us to be silent and listen. When I'm being silent, part of what I'm running through my mind is, is this leader ready for this question in this session? Could be the middle of the arc of our relationship. Could be our first session. Could be the first question of the first session. I'm going to be very careful and very non-provocative in the early parts of the early relationship. And even in the beginning of every session, it's one of the things you and I teach and talk about all the time is walk into every session with a blank chalkboard. And part of the reason that's so important is we don't know where they were. We don't know what's happened to them. Even if we just talked to them the day before, if it's been a week or two weeks, or a month. Could have been a lot going on in their life. And so we always walk in with that blank chalkboard and do that couple minutes of mindfulness in the beginning, get a sense of the energy, get a sense of the mood, and then ask that first powerful question. So one of the last things I want to talk about in the arc of a session are the boundaries of any particular session. One of the things we talk about In our teaching, and we do actually, is put an agreement in place. It's not a contract. It's just a social agreement between two people, a coach and a leader. You know, about what are some of the boundaries of our relationship and what are the boundaries of coaching versus other? And so certainly in any session, you can and often will approach those boundaries. Common ones are therapy versus coaching, mentoring versus coaching, clergy requirements, needs for clergy, law enforcement, perhaps. We're always looking for those, but not with a microscope. There can be times that you have to break the confidentiality of a coaching session, but they're very, very rare. And only in the most exceptional, I would say, life-threatening circumstances. So as long as we're looking forward and growing, as long as there's sufficient energy in the room and continued permission to keep going, I'm going to keep going. And I would strongly advise other coaches, keep coaching. Even if it is a boundary, it's truly something other than coaching, but it's not life-threatening. I might bring it into the room and say, what other resources might be available? Do you want to keep going? I don't know. What are your thoughts on some of those boundaries? I guess I think about that trust and safety as well, because... Like you, you put boundaries around 
like how much am I going to bring up topics or bring people into the room and all of the, you know, proficiencies we talk about. These are the things that you're not supposed to do, but you can kind of butt against those boundaries. Like somebody could ask for advice, like what happened earlier. Oh yeah. And that happens all the time, especially if you're a more seasoned professional and talking to a newer person in your profession, they're going to keep asking you, yeah, but how did you do this? Or, you know, I know you've done this before. Strongly, strongly resist. Because ultimately, you'll break the trust and safety of the relationship. I'm a coach. I'm a coach. I'm a coach. I don't give advice. I don't do this. I don't do that. I do this. I do this. I do this. Oh, oh, you want some advice? And you give it to them, whether it's ever stated or not. You've weakened the coach-leader relationship. And actually, you know, your advice isn't as good as you think it is. It's not going to be as good as that person wants it to be. I say all the time, put my arm around you, born in 1992, and tell you how I did it in 1980, and it's 2023. You know, how relevant actually is that? I can't even imagine how much the world's changed in those 40 years, 43 years. Just resist. Stay in coaching. If it is a mentoring requirement, who in your world could you ask that same question? Who isn't your coach? Now, if somebody comes up and says, where's the stapler? I'm not going to put my coaching hat on and say, what is it about the stapler that's relevant to this situation? I'm going to give them the stapler. So I wanted to switch gears and start talking about the arc of the relationship. You and I teach there's two coaching genres, if you will. One is a formal relationship and then a coaching style of leadership. And the arc of the relationship is relevant to both of those. If I'm using a coaching style of leadership, the arc of the relationship is how long this person and I work it together. And oftentimes it's for years. When we're talking about a formal coaching relationship, it's probably something much shorter than that. You and I recommend a minimum of 12 sessions. If you do 12 sessions once a week, it's three months. If you do 12 sessions once every other week, it's half a year. It's a pretty good starting place. Any fewer than that, and you're probably not going to get the depth of intimacy or trust and safety. You're not going to have the time you need to explore some of the bigger challenges. You're not going to have the time you need to take care of some of the short-term emergent challenges if you don't have a sufficient number of sessions. But there's an arc to that relationship, just like there's an arc to each session. There's a beginning this is where you're really interested in trust and safety. Because even if you've known each other for years, you don't know each other as coach and leader. Oftentimes when I'm doing performance evaluations as a mentor coach, I have husbands and wives, brothers and sisters, brothers and brothers, people who've known each other for decades, best of friends. I just had one today, a best friend, oh, a sister and a sister. And the coach remarked in the, when I was giving her her feedback, yeah, we've known each other our whole lives, but this was our first coaching session ever, and it was very different. And so make sure you're focusing on trust and safety early in, in those relationships. But as you get up and over through the middle and you know, before you start down, are you building trust and safety? I've had a few coaching relationships where through my own fault or one of the things you and I coach are voluntold. Someone voluntold, gets told, hey, you need a coach, and, and they show up at your doorstep. It might take longer. You just got to keep at it until you have a sufficient trust and safety to ask the kind of questions 
that a coach asks, being an accountable partner, asking provocative discovery questions. I don't know. What do you think when you, when you think about the arc of the relationship? What comes to mind for me is just my notes that I'm taking because I'm thinking about like Ted Lasso, like be a goldfish, forget about the last game when you come into this game. And so like you're starting that fresh chalkboard, but I have notes that provide some kind of context and then I can look through them and say, okay, these things are through lines that are getting brought up a lot. I don't know if you take lots of notes. I've heard you say that you don't. So I'm wondering how you kind of keep that context going. Yeah, that's a beautiful question. I don't. So you've reminded me of two things. One, note taking. So I find that it distracts me. I can't watch the facial expressions, body language, but that's me, which brings me to the second point you've reminded me, and uh, and that's the approach template. Uh, One of the things we teach and we uh, help people build is their approach to coaching because we all have different personalities. We all have different methods. We all have tools that work for us and tools that we don't find as useful. So one of the questions I ask in a performance evaluation is, talk to me about your approach to coaching. And part of that is your approach to a session and your approach to a relationship. So I've struggled with this question a little bit because I don't have the best memory in the world and I can forget details. But then I'm also reminded of the need to build a human-to-human relationship and You and I have known each other our whole lives. I don't take notes when I talk to you. If I know a coach for three to six months, I want to build that same level of knowledge. Am I going to forget some of the details? This coaching session I did today, I asked the leader, please remind me which one-on-one session this is, the first, the second, or the third. Should I know that going into a session? Yeah, maybe. Do I think that it weakens the relationship I have? Probably not. So I find myself pretty regularly. See, and I think I remember you told me X, Y, and Z. And nine times out of 10, I'm, I'm right. So that one time that I'm wrong, I think, I'm, I think not the fact that I was able to pay attention to you closer is a benefit to me. But you could be entirely different. Any other coach, entirely different. You know, I've heard people that, They don't take detailed notes, but they write down keywords, different things for different coaches. The difference between the arc of a session and the arc of a relationship, you have time. And often in an academic environment, we have very limited time. And so we find the students rushing through the arc, which is just an academic necessity. When you're in the arc of a relationship, you can really slow down and take your time. Just like the, the session, the Einstein theory, you know, if you're in a session and you had an hour, take 55 minutes to define what the challenge really is and then five minutes to discover the solution. So the same is true in the arc of a relationship. Take time up front. Don't try to solve all the challenges in that first session, second session, third session. When the opportunities present themselves, yeah, of course. But you don't have infinite time either. And so in our mind, we're where are we in the arc, right? We have a case study in, in our catalog of training that they're in the 11th of the 12th session. And it's this really 
big challenge that they bring in to the 11th of the 12 sessions. And, and as a coach, what do you do with that? Because you know in your mind you're at the end of your session or your, your relationship. Certainly you're not, you know, you're re- I'm very explicit. Hey, hey, we have this session and next. What does that mean to this challenge for today? And you know I'm a businessman, so you know I'm going to suggest maybe we need to do a few sessions beyond. No, I'm kidding. But certainly that's always an option. But it's a reality that we're faced with. Time is our friend in the relationship, but it's not infinite. I mean, what are your thoughts? I guess just thinking about how some challenges are more short short term. Some of them come up just in that session and others are, you know, weeks. And then maybe there are some that are months, but it's possible that they bring up an issue in the second session that's going to take like a year to fully resolve. And it's like, just like you have to kind of set expectations around, okay, well, we're talking about this, but this is going to be beyond our relationship. Like when it comes up at the end or at the beginning, or you're kind of thinking about, okay, which challenges do we go back to that were, you know, more short, short term that I have to check in on. And I also thought about like, a TV show, like, you know, you've got the episodes each session, but then you've got like a season. And so there's things that happen in each one, but then there needs to be like an overarching narrative and even like a teaser for what happens in the next season, you know, to keep you engaged. Yeah, that's a good point because part of what you and I teach and talk about a lot is 30-year visions. Where do you want to be in 30 years? And usually centering about love, health, finances, nothing really solid, but we're certainly not going to be their coach for 30 years. And then we talk about objectives at five years and one year or wherever is right for them. I'm working with someone who's retiring in three years. And so that's their horizon, three years. So you know, what do we need to accomplish in the next three years? What do you need to accomplish in the next 12 months? So all of that beyond our coaching relationship, it doesn't mean we can't have discovery conversations in the coaching. And a lot of times I find leaders requesting to just check in once a month, once a quarter. I just talked to one of the leaders I'm working with in Australia this morning. She and I talk once a quarter. So there's, there's ways so that you can work around that. When I think about boundaries, you know, there are boundaries to the arc of the session, of the relationship as well, very similar to the session. All right, my friend. Well, that concludes this episode of Building a Coaching Culture. I truly hope that this episode was helpful to you. If it was, be sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Maybe stop and give us a rating or review and share this podcast with someone who might find it helpful as well. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.